this morning at the, at the beginning of our, our, song, our, our, our uh, service here, we have taken a lot of different non-traditional avenues. And it's all been about the gospel. Amen? <laughs> it's all about salvation. Sometimes it's hard to understand in our minds and visualize what true salvation looks like and how can one be saved and why does one need to be saved? Well, there, this morning I'm going to show you a visual, a basically you could call it a tract on overhead. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's called the bridge. And I think it's extremely important and I think it helps you it would, it would help you greatly to, to see it, understand it, and then even share it with somebody else how they can come to know the Lord and what they can't do to know the Lord.
Have you trusted in Christ as your only Lord and Savior? He is the only way to spend eternity with God in heaven. Without Him, there is no hope. There's no hope. I will tell you, there's not a government in the world that can save you. It's only through Christ. As you can see, and it's going to bear out over and over and over again. A people's turns their back on God, does their own thing, lives their own way, God will judge them, bring them back to himself. America is ripe for judgment. He will not put up with it. He will judge. We must repent and return to Christ. This morning, <clears throat> how many understood the gospel from everything that we've done this morning? We sang about it. I showed you a picture. I pray that is the foundation to what true baptism is. There are many people who believe that baptism is salvation. That is not the truth. Baptism does not save you. And unfortunately, living in northern Minnesota, <laughs> the normal idea is I'm depending on my infant baptism that I'm a child of God. My friend, that's not what the Bible says. That is what a theology that someone thinks says. Infant baptism does not save Never has, never will. And this morning, we're going to show you why baptism's important and what's the purpose of it, but also what needs to happen before baptism. Because everybody that John baptized, everybody that Jesus and his disciples baptized, had repented and turned to God, and then we're baptized. How in the world does an infant repent? How in the world does an infant turn toward God? The only thing an infant can do is spit and poop. That is it. It cannot think these logical things ideas, and cannot critically understand what's going on. All they know is they're getting wet. There is nothing supernatural in water. It's water. This afternoon, we're going to take Brock, and he's going to give his testimony a little bit out, out, while we're out there in the water, if that makes sense, how he was saved. And I'm going to ask him if he wants to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, which obviously he does because that's why he's here today and brought his family today. You need to meet them. Hi, Brock's family, right? <laughs> but also now he's taken a step of, I am serious. This isn't just a game. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, and mind. And I'm going to serve him in every aspect that I can. 
He ministers as an engineer. You know how many brains that takes? A lot. (laughs) And he's going to serve the Lord in that engineering, and then he's going to serve the Lord in this local church, and he's going to serve the Lord with his parents, with his maybe eventually a wife or kids or whatever. He's got all those opportunities, but he's going to serve the Lord while serving them. That's the life of a Christian. There's no, I'm a Christian here, and as soon as I go outside, I'm just a guy. No, we're Christians, our lives, amen? And this is a step of obedience, and it's a step of, in essence, the start of discipleship, the start of a meaningful vocation with Christ. Many of you know, and I'm going to need, I guess this light doesn't stop working, so I don't know why. You can have that light on now. There we go. Now, that would do it. <clears throat> As many of you know, one of our young people that grew up here uh, wrote a book recently on the baptism debate. How many remember seeing this book? And in this book, matter of fact, Brock and Ryan had to read this book, we asked them to read this book because it explains what baptism is all about, and there's a lot of technical stuff in there. Would you agree? (laughs) There's a lot of theology that's very difficult to grasp, but there are verses in here that are fantastic that explain what this baptism is all about. So, if you'll give me just a second, I'm going to change PowerPoints. And I'm going to bring up a new one called, you know what, I didn't even put one on there. Uh, I got so involved in the verses that I didn't finish this beginning. All right. Does that look like a lot of water? Okay. Sure. I think you're going to find out by the end of the today, by 11.30, I have a half hour, that Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch, Paul, Jesus, and many others, they went down into the water to be baptized. And the word baptizo is a transliterated Greek word that means to immerse Baptism demands immersion, baptism demands a lot of water, and baptism is a picture of your salvation and what it took to be saved, to be honest with you. We're going to take Brock, we're going to dink dink him, yeah, we're going to dunk him under the water, just like Jesus Christ was put in the earth. And then we're going to lift him up just as Jesus was raised from the dead, and now living in newness of life. It is a picture of what already has taken place in Brock's life. He's saved. Now he's going to follow the Lord in believer's baptism as this is obedience to God and I want to show the world I'm identifying, and this is the whole thing, I'm identifying with Jesus Christ and Him alone. I'm not identifying with Northland. I'm not identifying with a certain denomination church. I'm identifying with Christ, amen. And that's what he's going to be doing. That's why we do it. That's why the Bible commands it. 
multiple times in Scripture talks about how that they were saved and then baptized. Saved and baptized. 3,000 people came to the Lord. They were saved and then baptized. Why were they baptized? Because that was a mark. It showed the world, I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. And I love Him. So that's what baptism was in a general sense. Now, historically speaking, what about baptism? Where did it come from? It comes on the scene with a guy named John the Baptist, which we'll show you who, you know, there's no Polaroids in 2,000 years ago. But someone got one. And we'll show you what John the Baptist looks like. And I will tell you what, what goes around, comes around, people look just like that now. And I'll show you what it looks like. Anyways, baptism came into our minds and into the Word of God when we talked about John the Baptist, right? And we're going to see those verses that talks about that. Then Jesus Christ and His disciples baptized also. So what did that look like, and why do we immerse, and what's the point of all this? And the Bible gives us many, many answers, but the reality is, historically speaking, baptism was used even in the Old Testament, not called baptism per se, but cleansings and purifyings. For instance, the priests had to go and dip themselves into the water five times the Day of Atonement. How many knew that? They had to build uh, uh, pools. And the Bible, or, or history says, that they had to fill them all the way up because not a one piece was to be uncovered. And we get this historical aspects of, and then, frankly, they also had sprinklings. How many remember sprinklings? They sprinkled the blood on the lambs. But that's different than going to and going under the water in, in these cleansings. It's different. They, they talked specifically about the dunkings and the, the, the sprinklings in a different way. It was very particular about that. And we can see a lot of things in history, but frankly, history should not, history should not dictate your beliefs. The Bible should. Because just as you saw this week, statements by people without the inspiration of Christ are revealed to be absolutely false, and people die because of it. It's because man is sinful, and they have a purpose that is nefarious, to to say the least. They have their own agenda. Even Christians, people who call themselves Christians, have their own agenda and do sinful things to make that happen. We manipulate people. We lie. We steal. We're sinners. The reality is, Scripture is not. There's got to be something to rely on, right? There's got to be some place we can go to and say, what does the Lord say? And we do. It's the Word of God. Praise God for that. So, let me introduce you to a man named John the Baptist. He looks like he came right out of uh, Penn State or Minnesota State or whatever. I mean, that's all in today, isn't it? (laughs) Reality is, John the Baptist was a rough character. 
He was a rough character. He was, he, 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 he ate what? Locusts. Oh man, grasshopper soup. Woohoo! Grasshoppers with wings. <laughs> it's good, huh? Anything with ketchup on it's good. Or as one person says, you put enough sugar and, and butter on anything and it tastes good, right, Scott? <laughs> and he did. What did he put on it? Honey. Locusts and honey. Now, how many of you are going to go home and have locusts and honey for lunch? He was with skins and rough. He was in the, the wilderness. One of those rough guys. He was, uh, what's that, Bear grills that never came home. Literally. That's how he lived. But one thing he was, was he was called of God. What was he called of God to do? I want to introduce you to the man that will save this world. I'm the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And he did. So John baptized, and we know that, and, and John baptized all over. What was John's baptism about? So you have John this Baptist, and he baptized. How many know that that's true? Say amen. Okay, we know that's true. So why did he baptize, or what did he baptize, or how did he baptize? Well, we can find in Scripture that there are two things that he talked about. Baptism was integrated with repentance and forgiveness. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's exact words that he said. Come and be baptized. Identify with the king. Now, he couldn't say that quite yet, but that's what he was saying. Because Jesus hadn't come there yet, but he was there on the way. So we'll see in Mark 1, 4, in Matthew 3, and other verses, that repentance and forgiveness were an integral part of baptism. That did not mean the water forgave you. Water gets you wet. It did not mean that the water made you repent. Water just is cold. All this water did is picture to the world what he had already established. I repent and ask for forgiveness. By the way, what did Jonah, we've been preaching through Jonah, right? Talk about water, great fish, great whatever, and then spit on land. He went to Nineveh to do what? To preach to them what? Repentance. Repentance, 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 repentance. You cannot preach Scripture and not preach repentance. Repentance means thinks differently. We talked about this last week, and we have a whole service about it. Think differently about your sins. Your sins are damning you to hell. Repent. Does that mean I need to whip my back? That's not, that's not what repentance is. That's penance. Do not mix the two. It means I think differently about Jesus Christ. Now that I know who he is, I embrace him. I love him. I put my faith and trust in him alone, and I am saved. Amen. Repentance and forgiveness. We will see that. Immersion. Mark chapter 1, verse 10. Matthew chapter 3. John chapter 3. Acts chapter, I might get this one wrong, 6, but we'll see it, so I'll get it right later. All those passages talk about going down into the water. Listen, folks, all that happens as a baby is you get wet. That's it. 
There's no picture of Christ there. Frankly, to be honest with you, when you sprinkle an infant, that, that rings to our minds the blood that was thrown on people in the tabernacle, on, on, the, on, the, land, on the altar of incense or whatever it was, the Ark of the Covenant. That's all, mercy seat, that's what it was. When the blood was sprinkled on there, that, listen folks. When the Philippian jailer, Paul and Silas, by the way, did Paul and Silas have, did they have a feel-good day when they were thrown into jail? Paul and Silas started preaching the gospel. They said, no, you're not. You're going into jail. So when they go into jail, oh, woe is me. They threw me in jail. Look at it. Everybody thinks I'm weird. Everybody thinks I'm a bad guy. Oh, woe is me. Is that what they did? No. What did they do? They started singing songs to God. <laughs> There's power in the blood. Probably not, but they sang songs about God. Reality is, the Philippian jailer was listening to him. Then what happened? The Philippian jailer looked at them after some intense circumstances. <laughs> said, brother, what must I do to be saved? There are all Hamas, Israel, Palestine, the American government, all Americans need to know the same thing. They must ask God, what must I do to be saved? You want peace? You need to be saved. You need to be saved. It doesn't, talk, it doesn't take an M15 or M16. It doesn't take rockets and all this. All you're trying to do is do this and this, and God's going to do this. Do we get that? That's exactly what's going to happen. They must, we all must repent. I'm a sinner. Help me, Lord. Those sins are sending me to hell. I put my faith and trust in you today. Immersion is a picture of what Christ did for our sins, the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we'll see that in the text. Lastly, we'll find out that it's unrelated to family genealogy. Just because my dad did this doesn't mean I did this. Just because my dad put his faith and trust in Christ doesn't mean that I'm a Christian. Nobody can make you be a Christian. How many would say amen to that? No one can make you be a Christian. Then why are we doing making babies Christians? If you really believe no one can make you a Christian, then what in the world is that all about? It's not true baptism. That's what it is. It's not true at all. It's unrelated to family. You say, well, what do I do now? I've been baptized as an infant. Well, Here's what you need to do to be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord, and thou shalt be saved. You say, how do you know that? I just quoted scripture. That's God saying that, not me. Repent and believe for the forsaking of sins, for the washing of your life. All those principles are biblical. So it's unrelated to family genealogy. Matter of fact, do you know, I will tell you this, do you know, that those people who believe that you can save your child 
unbeknownst to them, by infant baptizing, here's where they get it from Scripture. This is the only proof text they have. The Bible says that the Philippian jailer and all of his household was saved and then baptized. Does anybody say anything about an infant or a child in that? No. They make a leap. Here's what they say. They say, well, it, the Bible's silent on it, and because it's silent, well, it must be true. What? Folks, and I'm talking to northern Minnesota, because we're all Lutheran up here. Right? There's some Presbyterians and Baptists sprinkled around. But the point is, this is Lutheran kingdom. Even Luther said this. You must have faith and repent to be saved. Do you know what? A baby can't do that. Not, not a chance. So you cannot get to heaven on your mom and dad's shirt tails or your brother's shirt tails. You need to make this decision on your own. Do I trust Christ or do I reject him? And by the way, if you do nothing, you say, well, I don't want to do either. That's what you've done. You've rejected Jesus Christ. You must be born again. And we'll see verses on that. First of all, John, I'll give you all the verses. We've got 15 minutes. I'm going to keep myself focused on this. This is not normal. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of what? A baptism of repentance and forgiveness. What was John, why was John baptizing people? Because of two words. What are they? Repentance and forgiveness. That is the message he was preaching, and that's why he was baptizing. So let me ask you, is repentance and forgiveness tied to baptism? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, it is. Mark chapter 1, verse 4. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 6, and they were being baptized by him who... John the Baptist, in the Jordan River, as they did what? Confess their sins. So sins, forgiveness, repentance, all of this has, is tangled in this web of baptism. Baptism involves some kind of cognitive idea that I am a sinner, I need to repent, I need to ask for forgiveness of my sins, something is in there, and, it dealt, and that is intricately tied to baptism. I say, absolutely, the Bible's clear. Is it not? So let me ask you, and see, I, I, I don't even know this, but at what age were you sprinkled as a baby? Under the, would you say it's under the age of five? Under the age of two. So how in the world can they confess their sins? How in the world do they, can they repent and have faith? How can they do that? It's not possible. Therefore, it can't be the same baptism that John had. The baptism of infants cannot be the same baptism as John. I mean, how many would agree with that? I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's not possible. It's not the same. Mark chapter 1, verse 10. 
What kind of baptism was it? Well, immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. Obviously, this is when Jesus himself was baptized. And by the way, Jesus did not get baptized for his sins because he had none. He did it as a picture for us to follow. So, the words here that I'm looking at is immediately coming up out of the water. Why did they come up out of the water? It gives the idea of the Jordan River, right? Because that's where it was. And they were down in there. And, and I, I tell you what, Hollywood hardly ever gets anything wrong. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but in this, they got it really wrong. They're going down into the water and they're taking a cup full, a handful of water and putting it on his head. How many have seen that? Why would you have to go in the water? Go get a bucket. Not hard. Wait for it to rain. I now baptize in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Whoosh, there you go. How does that show Jesus? It doesn't. That's why in the world did they go into the water? Because there was much water. And we'll find that a little bit later too in the verse. And the very word baptism is the very word immersion. It is the word. Matter of fact, it's unfortunate that the term baptism even exists. Because the reality is, <clears throat> they should be called immersioners. If you're going to define the word. How many know what transliteration means? How many, okay, how many have ever heard the word transliteration? How many just heard it today? <laughs> okay, here's transliteration. This is fair. Transliteration is you are trying to define a word or translate a word from a different language. The word baptizo is a made-up word. So the Greek word is now baptizo. It doesn't define the word, they just made it up. That's transliteration. It's a made-up word to define a word in the original language. The word in the original language, if understood biblically, if understood um, what it means, it means, and you can read it yourself, and everybody agrees with it, whether you baptize infants or not, they agree with this, it means immersion. It, so they made up a word, and now they messed us all up. Aren't we messable, upable, easily? <laughs> we are. So we're, he came up out of the water, and the reason is, is he was dunking people under the water. And here's the deal. Why were they dunking people under the water? Because that's exactly what the priests were to do when they were being cleansed. Five times. Keep your, your whole body. By the way, when God saves you, does he just save your soul? No. Is our body important to God? It has been bought with a what? By whom? So what are you doing about it? Fair. We think everything's about the soul. It's not just about the soul. Another topic. We got 10 minutes. See, I'm being good. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open. Matthew 3.16. After Jesus 
after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. So it's the same thing. Two different people saw this, had the exact same, that they were down in the water being immersed by John. Let me ask you, is that the same baptism that we see most of the time in our churches today? No, it's not. It's a different baptism. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and, and get mad and attack and all this. Stuff. I'm telling you, you can dedicate a baby all you want, but don't tell them they're saved because of that baptism. That's wrong. It's simply wrong because Jesus says, repent and believe and be saved. John 3.23, John also was being baptized in Eonan near Salem because there was why? There was much water. Why do you need much water? <laughs> why do you need much water? Why did the, why didn't the pools have to be filled up to the top in historical languages? It's the same thing because every part of our being needs to be gone as the symbol of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, did you see Jesus Christ at all on this earth during his time in the grave? No, was just his soul in the grave? No, his whole being was in the grave. There was much water there, and people were coming and were being baptized, or the word being immersed. So we see immersion is the biblical pattern of John's baptism. Acts chapter 8. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch was no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. Again, remember, this is a caravan going. Philip all of a sudden shows up there, and the eunuch says, hey, what can I do to be saved? And he says, look, there's water, right? Look, there's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Why did you need a pond or water to be baptized? Because you've got to go down in the water and get dunked. Why? Because you need to identify with Christ. Identify with Christ. Luke chapter 3, verse 8, Therefore bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin... Now, so we find that John's baptism had to do with repentance. It had to do with forgiveness of sins. Amen? Absolutely, no question. Baptism has to have something to do with that. You're saved and that does... Okay, anyways. Secondly... It, can't, it isn't just handed down to you. Therefore, bear fruits in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham our fa for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. Just because you're of the lineage of your mom and dad doesn't make you saved. Amen. Not at all. And Luke's very clear on this. He's saying, listen, buddy. Just because you're an Israelite doesn't make you a child of God. There's something more to it. It's faith. By God's grace and His mercy. We see it again in Matthew. It's the same time frame. But, and do not suppose that you can say to yourself, we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that even these stones, and by the way, how embarrassing, you think you're Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. I could make the stones be that. What, what, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Stop it. Stop it. So not only did it, and we're down to five minutes, so, so we're getting there quickly. 
Jesus Christ baptized similarly as John. How do we know that? In John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. John chapter 3, verse 22, and Matthew chapter 28, 19 to 20. We'll get there in just a second, but first of all, John, John 4. Therefore, when at the Lord, I'm sorry. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, was Jesus, does this tell us that Jesus' baptism was the same as John's baptism. Yes or no? Yes, it does. Jesus had the same baptism. His disciples had the same baptism as John did. Therefore, we can acquire or put everything that John was doing with baptism in application with Jesus. Now, Jesus was the one he was talking about. There's a difference there. But other than that, they knew Jesus was doing the same thing John was, making disciples. Therefore, what is baptism even today? What are you doing? Well, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. We'll get there in just a second. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he was spending time with them. And what? Baptizing. So John the Baptist was baptizing. What was he baptizing about? Repentance, forgiveness of sins. Amen. Jesus is doing the same thing. There's no difference. And then, what does it tell us in Scripture? Now he's going to talk to a whole people, and he said, listen, guys, go therefore and make disciples of, call, and call, make disciples of all nations. How? How do you make disciples? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even in and in the world. So, here, the church is called the Great Commission, right? Some people don't believe this is the church's calling. That is called a hyper-dispensationalist, and I, I, I'll just say this, they're wrong. Because no matter what, we are called to lead people to the Lord. We need to baptize people and disciple people. Rather, I, some people say this is, this is a... Command to those that are going to be in uh, the kingdom. I, I don't remember all of it. But regardless, listen. The church's job is to give the gospel. Amen? The church's job is to teach about Jesus. Amen? The church's job is to know him and to love him. Amen? Reality is, we're to baptize. How are we going to know what baptism is? Go back to John, go back to Jesus. What was their baptism? Repentance. Forgiveness of sins. That's what they taught. And those that said, I want to repent. I recognize my sins will put me in hell. I recognize there's somebody coming greater than I. Jesus Christ is going to... I repent, believe, and am baptized. That's why in the new church found in Acts chapter 2, all the way in early, they, thousands were saved. As soon as they were saved, they were what? Baptized. And then the same day they were added to the church, they became part of the community of the, of the body of Christ, amen, the believers. They were saved, baptized, and then became part of the church. Today, Brock has already put his faith and trust in Christ. His testimony tells us that. He's been saved. Amen? 
Now he wants to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. That means he's going to show a picture of Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection in Jesus Christ. And coming out of that water, he's going to be all clean, right? No. Have you ever been at Blanded Beach? It's a swimming pool. You know what happens in swimming pools. Okay, we're going to change it. <laughs> but he's going to show the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and he's going to come out as wet as wet can be because his whole being has been put under the ground just like Jesus was. But he is testifying to the city of Grand Rapids and all that will listen. I'm a child of the king. I am following him, and I love him. Amen? That's all he's doing is a picture what has already taken place in his heart, in his soul, in his inner being. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. What a great truth. What a great truth. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Praise God for that. Amen? So today, praise the Lord for Brock's salvation, but praise God for him, God. God saved Brock, and now Brock wants to express to everybody else, I'm identifying with Christ today. So here's the question for you. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? If you have never done that, there is no greater day than now. You need to put your faith in Christ. Your faith in everything ritualistic else will get you nowhere. Your faith in your baby baptism gets you wet at the age of two. That's about it. Repent, believe in Jesus Christ, put your faith in Him alone. And then who knows? Next week's supposed to be 37, so, you know, a little cold. But maybe we can have another baptism. Someone else came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and now they're going to follow in obedience in the Lord's baptism. Amen? Amen. Mr. Zarin, I'm going to have you come and close. Here's the reality. Mr. Zarin, I'm going to give you a job. If you want to shake people's hands on the way out, that'd be great, because I'm going to change clothes. And we will all, you're all welcome to come. Do not lock the door here. I've got to come back and get warm, okay? But we're going to come, I'm going to come back here and, and close up, so you don't have to do that, whoever's here last. <clears throat> but we're going to go to Blandon Beach. How many do not know where Blandon Beach is? Everybody knows where Blandon Beach is. Everybody's been swimming there, so everybody does know what happens there. <laughs> well, we baptize there because it's close, it's easy, and it's in public. By the way, baptism should never happen in the closets of our rooms. It was a public example. That's why they did it out in front of everybody in the Jordan River. 
I'm identifying with Christ. Love it or like it, like it or leave it, what it doesn't matter. I love the Lord. That's what we're doing today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. Father, there's nothing complicated about it. Father, it's free, but it wasn't cheap. It cost you your only son. Father, may we never forget the gravity of that act on Calvary. Father, thank you for Brock being willing to follow you in baptism, testifying of his faith in you. Thank you, Father, for this day and for thy grace. In Jesus' name, amen.